thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't stop short. Don't stop short. Turn to, your, turn to the other neighbor that you don't like as much, obviously, and tell them, don't stop short. You're not going uh, to know what that means, but like, you'll, meet, you'll know what that means in a bit, okay? So like, hold on to it for right now. But we've been looking at the life and the leadership of a guy named Joshua, Right, he takes over for Moses, who was leading the Israelites before. He takes over. We've been talking about this journey. And we've arrived, much like the Israelites, to Jericho. We've been going through the story. We've arrived at the walls of Jericho. And Joshua, he's, he's facing this defining moment in his leadership. Right? He's facing a defining moment in his leadership. The first battle for the promised land. And it's against this people of Jericho. And I think we can all agree that when you're facing a battle, you need a strategy, right? We talked about it that last, like last week, right? If you're facing a battle, you need a strategy. When you're serving God, really, uh, you kind of need a strategy to get a strategy, right? That's what we talked about last week. Like you kind of have got to get a strategy to get your strategy. And so God shows Joshua that the strategy to get a strategy is to worship in the middle of his battleground, right? God encounters Joshua because when, when Joshua worship, when he comes to God, what he does is he gives up his own personal idea of how this battle should be won, and then God gives him a strategy for victory. And, you know, it looks absolutely nothing like Joshua thought it would. I'm telling you, when Joshua thought about fighting this battle, when he thought about taking down Jericho, he didn't think, I'm going to walk around these walls. I'm going to show them who's boss. We're going to do this for a week. I'm telling you, that's the strategy. No, 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 no. His strategy is probably completely different. He probably thought about, like, we can, we can scale these walls. Um, we can build a large wooden horse. Everybody gets inside. We say it's a gift, and we wheel it in. We'll do that. No, no, no. He said, okay, you know what? Not my strategy. Let's give this to God. And God gave him this crazy strategy. It looks completely different than he thought it would, and he got the victory. He got the victory. Like, we, we, we know how the story ends, right? We literally just read it. You, this isn't a surprise to you. You know that the story ends in Joshua's victory, and as school kids, we kind of talked about this last week, like as Sunday school, if you grew up in church, you know that song, Joshua in the battle of Jericho, 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 Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came down, nobody, really? Y'all didn't go to church? Y'all didn't go to church? Come on. Yo, I know some of you walked into church with a little tie on, like a clip-on tie, and you're singing this song in Sunday school. I'm telling you, I know, Okay. But, but kind of the way they explain things as kids kind of leaves out the detail. Like, we may know the story. We think, yeah, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. That's it. That's the story. Like, that's all we need. But no, I think they leave out details. Like, when you're a kid and you learn about David versus Goliath, they don't tell you that David chopped Goliath's head off with his own sword and carried that sucker back to the king. Like, they leave out those details, right? 
Like when they talk about um, Noah's Ark in the flood and it's like, oh, the rain was coming and the earth was flooding, everyone's going to die and God saved them. They don't tell you that God was the one sending the flood. Plot twist, right? We miss details when we're a kid. These are the type of details that when we visit these stories later, we learn. And so I got to tell you, look, our God is a God of 4K. He's not 720p, all right? He's not 480, buffer, it's grainy, you kind of get the gist of it. No, he likes the detail. There's a reason these stories are in here with the detail. So we're going to kind of like um, explore this, right? Because sometimes I think we miss the uh, most important things when we skip the details. So God gives Joshua a strategy. And if you could, Drake, if you can put up verse 1 again, it's that uh, first slide, if you can put this up. It's verse 1 and 2, it says... Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. This is like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. You know what I mean? No one goes in, no one comes out. We don't know what goes on in there. He's got little orange people. I don't know what's going on. Okay, no one goes in, no one comes out. And it says, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. And I got to tell you, I... (laughs) I kind of got a problem with these two verses, okay? I kind of got a problem. It's not the second one. The second one where the Lord says to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, that's a good verse. The problem I have with this one is verse one where it says, the walls of Jericho were securely barred. The gates of Jericho were securely barred because the Israelites, uh, and, and no one went out, no one came in, and then the Lord says, see, I've delivered this city into your hands. That's contradictory. That doesn't look like the city's been delivered. That looks like the city's closed up, right? And so that, that's my problem with this. And, and, and he says, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with his king and its finding men. And, and I'm sure Joshua kind of rubbed his eyes, kind of squinted, and is like, Jesus, are we looking at the same city here? Are, we, are, you, are you looking over there? Or? Because that's not what I'm seeing. That's not what's lining up for me. <laughs> But only God, only God can look at your present problem and talk about it in the past tense. Only God can look at your current battle and talk about it in the past tense. Because God sees the beginning and he sees the ending at the same time. Do you follow in here? And so the Lord says to Joshua, I've given Jericho to you. I have given it to you. But Joshua didn't possess it yet, okay? You, you, you got to follow along with me here. The Israelites, they were promised the promised land, but they didn't possess it yet. In a future tense, they have it. But in current circumstances, they don't yet possess it. See, God can promise you something that you don't yet possess. Are you following here? God can give you a promise for something that you don't yet have, In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. What that verse is saying is saying, everything that Jesus possesses, I possess. I I, I should have the peace of God. I should have the strength of the Lord, right? I I should have the joy of of the Lord. And I should have all these things. But just because God promised it 
doesn't mean that I possess it yet. And God will make promises in your life. God is going to make you promises. There's battles, there's situations, there's challenges, there's circumstances that you will face that God promises you victory in. But just because you will have victory next does not mean that you have victory now. Here's where I'm going with this. I believe that there are promises from God that we may never possess because we stop short of next. There are promises that God gives us that we may never possess because we don't take them. Okay, that's not, I know that sounds a little iffy. Some of you are like, oh, I don't know if, about your theology here, but listen, listen, here, just follow, follow along, okay? One of the reasons I think we stop short of the promises of God is that our perspective gets blocked. I think our perspective gets blocked. That's your first feeling. That can go on the screens. That looks good. Our perspective gets blocked. Now, Jericho, it was the first city that the Israelites had to take. It's the first city they face. It's the first battle they face before they could have everything that God wanted to give them. Uh, say first. Say first. Oh, man, you guys are dead tonight. What is going on? Did Tuesday hit you like a train? Like, y'all are sitting here like, man, Monday beat me down, and then Tuesday beat me down, and I'm just, I'm here. I'm living, but I'm barely breathing. Like, no, no. Liven up. Here, say first. Thank you. Oftentimes, the first battle is the hardest. Can I get an amen? Oftentimes, the first battle is the hardest. Uh, getting started is kind of the hardest part, right? Like, the hardest part about the gym for me is getting to the gym. That's... That's the hardest part. I can lay in bed for hours because I know the next thing in my day is to go to the gym and I will just delay and delay and delay and then be like, oh, pff, got no time for the gym. I'll hit it tomorrow. I'll get it tomorrow. But that's like the hardest part for me. And I think um, when we sing that little you know, song, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho and the walls come tumbling down. I think Joshua's looking up from heaven and he's saying, wait, wait a minute. This, this isn't as simple as you make it out to be. You're singing this little song. It's, it's not that simple. Because sometimes we look at someone else's victory and we simplify their process. You following along? We look at someone else's victory and we simplify their process. And we think Joshua fought this battle of Jericho and the walls come tumbling down. But it was actually the complete other way around. Look, I'm going I'm to give you a little history lesson here. Jericho, it was not a big city. It wasn't very big. You could walk around the city in an hour. I, I don't, you, you can't walk around Fresno in an hour, right? Like it's big, you know, it's the it's it's fifth largest city in California. You can walk around Jericho in an hour. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that the city was so huge that it made it challenging them for them to conquer. It wasn't that the city was too big, they didn't know how to do it, they didn't have enough men because the city was too large. It wasn't that. What it was is that Jericho's walls were so high. Jericho's walls were so high. And God told Joshua, I have given you the city, but all Joshua sees is walls. God tells Joshua, see, I, I've given you it. It, it, I've given you victory, God says, see, you got this. And Joshua says, no, 
All I see is walls. God ever tell you something? God ever, God ever tell you something? He ever promise you something? And what he's telling you looks completely different than what you see. That ever happened to you? God is speaking to your heart something, and it looks completely different than what's in front of you. You ever feel like God is speaking to you about victory, but you feel defeated? You ever feel like God is, is speaking to you about peace, but all you feel is, is turmoil? You ever feel like God's speaking to you about self-worth, but you feel worthless? You ever feel like God is, God is, God is speaking to you, and what you are looking at looks entirely different than what he says that you have. See, some of the battles you're facing, some of the challenges, some of the stuff that's intimidating you, some of the promises that God has made you that you do not yet possess, it's not that the stuff is bigger than you. It's not that your situations are bigger than you because the God that's inside of you is bigger than anything that you would face, amen? It's that your perspective gets blocked by how high the walls are. Are you following here? I think that's why it's good to come to church. I think that's why it's good to have community with other believers. I think that's why it's good to read your Bible. Oh, the, the, the Bible's boring. No, dude, you're boring. Read your Bible. This stuff's interesting. And these things, they, they lift you up. Community lifts you up. The Spirit of God lifts you up so that you can see beyond the walls. You get it? So your perspective changes from all you're seeing is the walls. You can see beyond the walls from God's perspective, and you see your battles and your circumstances and your challenges and your fights different than you've seen them before. Because I think if all you're looking at is walls, then that's all you're ever going to see. Because that's what we do. We, we, we stare at our problems, we stare at our insecurities, we look at our past, we, 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 we look at our shame, we look at our guilt, we look at our self-worth, we look at our social media, we stare at walls all day long. And if all we do is look at walls, then we will never get past them. You have to lift your perspective beyond the walls. Because if we can lift our perspective beyond the walls, when we can see, uh, when we can see beyond these walls, we can see that the enemy Look, follow this. When you can see beyond the walls, you can see that you shouldn't be intimidated by the enemy. Actually, the enemy's intimidated by you. There's a reason they shut up and lock the city. They're trying to keep you out because they know if you can get in, it's all coming down. You following me here? Secondly, I think a lot of us stop short of next. We stop short of victory. Because our progress isn't always obvious. I think we stop short of next because our progress isn't always obvious. So God tells Joshua, he says, march around the wall six times over six days. And on the seventh day, march around seven times. And I'm going to make the walls come down. So Joshua gathers the people together. In verse 6, says, Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. In verse 8, 
It says, when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. They're making progress. Say progress. Thank you. I love progress, right? I, I absolutely love progress. I love doing something and knowing what I'm working for, like, is, is, is moving. You know what I mean? I like making progress. I like, I like knowing that, you know, it keeps me motivated, right? You want to be motivated when you're doing something. Progress keeps me motivated. And so it says, the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So we had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. And Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. You know what it doesn't say in this passage here? You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say anything about Joshua telling his army that it was only going to be for seven days. There's nothing in here. Joshua knows. God told him, but there's nothing in here about Joshua telling his people that they, they, that they were going to walk around for six days, and then on the seventh day, they would do it, and the walls would come down. I mean, think about it. I'm like, these guys had no clue. Like, imagine being a soldier, all right? You're gearing up. You're suiting up. You got belts. You got your belt on. You're shining up your helmet. You're like, I'm ready. I'm ready to see, do battle. I've been doing my push-ups. I've been doing my training. And you've you got your sword on your side, right? And you're suiting up and you're following Joshua, this fierce warrior. He's, he's got experience. Maybe he's got some gray in his beard. You're going to follow this dude into battle, right? You got the ark of the Lord in front of you and you start walking and you're thinking, okay, any minute now we're going to enter into battle. We're going to walk right in there. We're going to take what's ours and what's promised to us. And you just walk in a fat circle, and then you, Joshua's like, all right, go home. And you're just like, what? This is, this is weird. And, and you do that for six days in a row. I mean, like, if I was God, and that's scary to think about, okay. If I was God or you were God, like, I would have tried to motivate them in some way. You know what I mean? I would have been like, hey, the first day you walk around once and like maybe like part of the wall kind of falls off. You know what I mean? Like a little section, like the top section kind of crumbles off. And then they're like, kind of like, oh, wow, that, okay. I, I, okay, we're walking. I see what's going on here. And the second day they kind of come out and do the little circle around Jericho. And like a little piece of the wall comes down. Like I would do something to like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, motivate them. Like some, some intermittent progress. You know what I mean? Take a lap. Take a piece of the wall, you know. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't stand feeling like I'm sinking time and energy into something where I'm going nowhere. I can't stand that feeling, and I know you can't either. I, I think I would like a little motivation. But the Bible doesn't say that they walked around and a piece of the wall came down. Like that would have been super motivating, but instead it says they walked around day one, nothing happened, and they went home. Just put yourself in the place of that soldier and you're coming home after the first day 
and you, come, you come home, and you walk inside, and like your wife is a husband. No, 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 you know what? No, no, no. Um, not enough of you are married. Uh, your mom is at home, okay? And you walk in, and you're like, your mom's cooking dinner, and she's like, sweetie, you're back so early. Oh my God, tell me how it went. How was the battle? Oh, you look so big and strong. How many people did you kill? Come on, my little warrior. And you're like, um, yeah, yeah uh, I, think, I think we're kind of like in preseason or something. We kind of just, just walked. I think, I kind of think Joshua was like maybe scoping out the land. Like I think he wanted us to get like a feel of the terrain. You know, he kind of just wanted us to like, he wanted to vision cast maybe a little bit. I think he wanted us to kind of see where we were, where we're going. I, second day, second day, mom. I think, I think it's going to happen second day, right? And then second day rolls around and you come back inside and, you're, and your mom's like, how did it go? Did you win? I know you did. Not a scratch on you. Man, you're tough. And you're like, uh, actually, mom, um, you know, we kind of just, we took another lap. I think Joshua was like, I think maybe he dropped something the first day. I think he was just looking for it, the thing. And I think he got, I think third day, mom, we're going to go back out there. This is the one. And third day comes, and he comes home, and mom's like, why haven't you fought the battle? What is Joshua thinking? All right, you, are, you are a starter, son. You should be playing. Am I going to have to go talk to Joshua? I'm going to have to tell him, you need to be fighting. Frontline, you are a warrior. And Joshua, Joshua's like, please, mom, do not talk to Joshua. I don't know what's going on, but I kind of think Joshua might be losing it, mom. I don't know. Maybe if we talk to him, it'll go bad. But he, we're just keep circling around. And, and it's really weird. We want to talk to him. We want to ask what's going on. But Joshua, he kind of uh, made us um, um, be really quiet. And, um, and like no one's allowed to, to talk. And we just kind of, the trumpets just kind of go. And no one says anything. It's a lot of awkward eye contact. And um, I just, I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous. And you know, I think Joshua did this on purpose. God, God didn't tell him like, hey, the warriors can't talk as they're marching. You know what I mean? I'm sure God wouldn't mind a little small talk going on, right? A little chit chat. He, he wouldn't mind that. But Joshua, I think he did this on purpose. I said, I think he said, hey, don't make a sound. Don't talk. Don't shout. Don't do nothing until I tell you. You just, you just keep walking. And I think he did this. I think he commanded them to stay quiet and not speak a word because he knew that it was complaining and grumbling and doubting that kept them out of the promised land 40 years prior to this. When the spies came back and told Moses about their situation, it kept them from receiving God's promise at that time. See, sometimes it's what you say that keeps you from receiving God's promise. Sometimes our, we are our own worst enemy. Sometimes our mouths are too big. Sometimes we talk too much, right? Sometimes we complain too much. Sometimes we ask way too many questions. You ever been around a kid and they just ask question after question after question after question and you're like, I'm going to end it right now. You know what I mean? And just take off your belt. You're going to strangle the little guy, you know? Or like you give a kid um, a, a candy bar and they're like, this isn't king size. I only eat king size, peasant. And you're like... Whose kid is this, right? Like, we, we have that. It, look, it's good to vent. 
It's good to get things off your chest sometimes. It's good to talk to people who are wise that will give you good advice. But sometimes the best strategy is to shut up and march. Bet you never heard that in church before. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just to shut up and keep marching. Turn to your neighbor. Say, shut up and march. (laughs) Joshua, he didn't tell the people how long they were going to be doing this. They just knew that they were doing it. They didn't know for how long. All that they knew is that they, 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 they were just doing it, and they could be doing it for years. <laughs> and on the fifth day and on the sixth day, you th- start to think that Joshua's lost his complete mind. <laughs> I thought we were going to war, Joshua, but, but this, I, I don't know what's going on. This dude's, this dude's crazy. I thought we were going to fight a battle, but I signed up for a marching band somehow, and we're just marching along, and the trumpets are playing. Like, no, I ain't trying to beat on a drum. I'm trying to beat on some people, Lord. I ain't trying to play the trumpet. I'm trying to slash some dudes with my sword, right? And you get into that moment. But this is the third reason we stop short. This is the third reason we stop short of the promises that God has for us. Because the process is open-ended. The process is open-ended. When the gym was closed for a while because of corona, I mean, they kind of opened back up and they're like, we're just going to get our lift on and that's cool. But they were closed for a time, right? And everyone's doing the whole stay-at-home thing. And uh, Mac and I, we like the gym. It makes us feel good. You know what I mean? It's hard getting there, but once you get there, you get that good feeling afterwards, like you did something, you're accomplished. Now we can eat this Ben and Jerry's and not feel guilty. And so uh, we kind of missed the gym. And, and when it went home, we kind of did these, um, these home workouts. Started doing these home, you know, two weeks turned into months. And so we were like, we should probably do something about this, right? I thought it was just two weeks, I thought I was getting a vacation. And so anyway, so then we started doing um, these YouTube workouts. Uh, where they, they do these things, and they, they put the timer on the screen. And I like the timer on the screen, okay? It tells me that, like, I just got to get, a, like, a, I just got to go a little bit farther, and I'm going to make it, like, 10 more seconds of this plank. I can do that. Uh, wait, <laughs> when someone else is timing your plank and you can't see the time, it feels like forever. It feels like eternity. No, no minute has ever felt longer than that. But when you can see it counting down, it's a little more uh, bearable because you, you, can, you can watch and know how long you have, right? And wouldn't it be nice if God put a little clock in your life? I mean, we, we would be able to get through a lot if we just had a little clock. Like, I know so many of you are watching your friends get engaged and get married, and maybe that's something that you want, and you just wonder when it's going to come, and you feel like, I God, I'm going to be alone forever. I'm going to go get old and have cats, and that's all I'm going to be is a crazy cat lady. But if God came to you and said, hey, 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 hold on, hold on, listen, give me two years. Be pure for two years. Hold out for two years. Focus on our relationship for two years, and I'm going to bring you the person of your dreams. We would be all in. God, I can do two years. Two years is not that bad. I was thinking it was going to be like 80 plus, but two sounds great. I'm game for that. In fact, God, um, if you make him hot, I'll do three years. You start bargaining. You're like, that's not too bad, right? If you had a, a timestamp, you can do it. I can do it if I know 
what I have to do and how long I have to do it for. But I got things working against me. I got walls that are blocking my perspective and I can't see where I'm going. I've got walls, I've got problems and I'm marching and nothing is happening. But I think that the reason that the walls didn't fall down a little at a time, each lap they took was because God wanted them to have faith in his promise and not in their progress. God wanted them to have faith in his promise and not in their progress. See, I, I think God lets you walk around the walls of your promise. I think he lets you walk around lap after lap because he wants you to trust that he is working. Even when what you see doesn't seem to be working. Even when what you do doesn't seem to be working, he wants you to trust his process. He says, I, I let you walk around the walls and see no results because I want you to be less focused on the outcome and more focused on obedience. That's good. Write that down. Will you stay and will you still pray when you don't think your prayers are being heard? God is asking, will, will you still give even when you don't see the benefits of it? Will you still serve when no one appreciates you? Will, 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 you, will, you, still, will you still do the right thing even when you don't think anyone's looking, even when it's not benefiting you, even when you don't see the results? Will you still, will you march just because I told you to? Will you march not because you, you, saw, you saw the benefit of it, not because it was leading you somewhere, but because I've called you to it? You know, uh, I think we would all, like, we would put McDonald's out of business um, if, like, if we all ate healthy and we all worked out and we immediately saw the benefit of it. Like if we, if, if as soon as you worked out, if as soon as you ate healthy, you saw the benefit of it, I think we'd all do it. And because wouldn't it be amazing to immediately see the results, right? Like that would be awesome. Like 15 minutes on the stairs, you get off, you hop on the scale, pound down. You're like, ooh, I could do that. I could do another 15. 15 minutes, you put on the office and you're like, that's like one episode of the office. And you're like, I just lost a pound. This is great. We would, we would do it. If you curled one dumbbell and it grew like an inch of your biceps, you would be pumping those dumbbells all night long. You'd come out like the next day looking like the Hulk, right? Like imagine if you ate one broccoli and you just popped an ab, just like, you would be just like, give me a bag of those things. I don't care what they taste like. I got abs on my abs now. But sometimes God wants you to know I'm working even when it doesn't seem to be working, can you trust me? Because it was in their walking around the walls of Jericho that God was preparing them for battles they had ahead. I, I can't help but think God sends us walking around the walls because what he wants to do in us has to come before what he wants to do for us. What he wants to do in us has to come before what he wants to do for us. As the band comes up and we kind of close out here, I, here's the kicker right here, okay? In NASCAR, 
Anybody watch NASCAR? I don't either. It's lame. Oh, oh, you do? Okay, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Um, uh, in NASCAR, when they're on the last lap, they wave a last lap flag. Like, they let you know. They say, hey, last lap. And all the drivers, they put the pedal to the metal. They're like, this is it. I can push through. I've only got one more lap. I've been falling asleep at the wheel this whole time, but it's last lap, baby. I can do this. And so they, they give it their all. But see, life doesn't give you a last lap indicator. This is important. I know band's coming up. But listen, life doesn't give you a last lap indicator. And I wonder how many of us here tonight have given up on our last lap? How many of us have given up on the last lap? When God had made you a promise that you didn't yet possess and you were working towards it, you were working to it, you were praying about it, you, you, you wanted it, but you stopped a little short. You stopped right before the finish line. How many of you are on lap number six around your walls and you quit before lap number seven? How many of you are on the very cusp of breakthrough and you decide to stop? You, you, you're you're going to give up on your relationship. You're about to give up on your education. You're about to give up on God. You're about to give up on prayer. You're about to give up on your calling. You're about to give up on breakthrough. You're about to give up on the promise. You're about to give up. And you're going to stop short of next because you're giving up. But if you push a little more, you're going to make it. If you push a little more, you can make it. Don't stop short of next. This is my whole point. Don't stop short of next. Don't stop on your last lap. You are closer than you think you are. If you're here tonight, you're closer than you think you are. Here's the key. Here's the key. You have to walk every lap like it's your last. You feel me? You gotta walk every lap like it's your last. Every lap, you gotta do in faith. Every lap, you gotta walk like it's your last. You gotta walk like that next lap is gonna be victory. You gotta walk like that next lap is gonna be breakthrough. Don't stop on six, get to seven. You feeling me? Because if you treat every lap like it's your last, one lap is gonna come and you're gonna be right. It's like a broken clock, right? Broken clock is right twice a day. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. You treat every lap like it's your last, eventually you're going to be right. In Hebrews chapter 10, 36, it says this. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You need to persevere, and we read it again, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Some of you are here tonight because that's what you needed to hear. Some of you are here tonight because you've been praying for breakthrough. Some of you are here tonight because one lap turned into two lap, and it's been years of laps, and you're waiting, and you're praying for breakthrough, and you're about to give up. Persevere persevere because you can just be one lap away from victory 
Let's stand as we pray tonight. Father God, we just, Lord, we put this in your hands, God. God, that we're facing walls in our life, Lord. God, we're looking out, God, and we're, we're hearing what you promised us, but what we see is something completely different, God. Lord, tonight I pray through, I pray for breakthrough, Lord. God, tonight I, I pray for victory. God, it may not come tonight, God. I may have to do another lap, Lord. God, but I know you can do it, God. I know you've promised me victory. I just got to make it, God. God, you've promised me breakthrough. I just got to take it, God. And what it takes is obedience. And Lord, you're calling me to march. And so I'm going to shut up and march, God. Lord, you, you give me victory, God. You have the power. You have the blessings, Lord. And I will receive them, God. That's the blessing that I pray here tonight. God, that we would walk in faith, Lord. That it wouldn't be about what we do, but it would about, be about what you do, God. God, that we would find motivation in knowing that you are in next, even when we don't see it now. God, we lift up this prayer. It's in your name we pray.